Hey there, I'm Dave and I'm welcoming you to another episode of Hacker Life, the show aimed at the maker community and focused on technology trends, software as a service, growth hacks and cool new digital products. As you know, we talk about applications that entrepreneurs are building to solve for customer challenges and trends that can help businesses adapt better to the marketplace. So sit back and enjoy the next few minutes as we dive into what we have in store for you today. It's going to be exciting. Today, I'm going to talk to you about how you can use real-time location data to drive greater business benefit. For a long time, marketers and advertisers believed that the real value of location data lay in targeting a specific individual in real time. But now, it's becoming secondary to finding insights into audiences, customer journeys, and offline shopping behavior. The increased role of AI in ad buying makes this trend an even more important use case. So how many kinds of location data can we leverage? Well, we can segment location data into three parts, current location data, historic location data, and future location data. With current location data, instead of simple audience segmentation, marketers can now use movement patterns to figure out a person's likely home and workplace and whether they're moving between the two. This knowledge is key in targeting them with the right message for the right business, which falls in his or her route. Uh, historical location data can help in determining the shape of customer journeys, catchment areas for particular stores, and how current location relates to historical patterns. This can help businesses plan for retail locations, projections around store footfall, and inventory allocation. And that brings us to future location data. And well, future location data in the form of online to offline O2O measurement is also on the rise. Because if you can prove that an app or a mobile touchpoint actually led to a consumer entering a retail store, that opens up all kinds of possibilities for marketers, and these O2O measurement tools are already being offered by many of the big platforms, including Facebook and Google. This is a definite new trend, and according to research, 91% of marketers believe that location data gives them an increased understanding of their audiences. 87% believe that it can create positive customer experiences. 84% believe that they can drive more effective campaigns if they have information around location data. 62% believe that they can drive more accurate targeting. 53% believe that it leads to higher conversion rates. So these are very powerful numbers. And what this is doing, it is leading to increased spending on location-targeted ad spending. So while in 2017, in the U.S. market alone, uh, advertisers spent about $17.1 billion on location data-led targeting. By 2022, that is supposed to grow to an immense $38.7 billion. That is pretty impressive when you think about a $20 billion growth in the span of just about five years. So that brings me to the crux of our talk today. Now, with all this data, how do you really utilize all this, right? Uh, how do you manage the nuances of locational data when you're planning your marketing? Well, for me, there are seven steps. And in that, number one is data quality. When advertisers go through exchanges, there are usually several layers between the publisher and the advertiser. My advice, stick with the verified sources of data or go directly to publishers with known quality. Number two. Use location data only when it adds relevance to the message. Not all messages need to have location targeting. 
and collecting data and creating localized messaging that doesn't provide any additional relevance will only make consumers jittery. End of the day, it's all about give and take. Consumers will give us their data if they believe that they are getting commensurate value in return. Number three, know what you want to achieve with the data. It may not be necessary to get extremely precise location data. Imprecise but accurate data of a region, for example, can be helpful in building a campaign. For instance, ad creatives might vary depending on a user's location. So having a geographical insight can often help tailor messaging for broad-based repeatable campaigns that scale. On the other hand, you may need verified accurate GPS data if there is a flash sale in a city block, but the key is understanding the objective of the campaign. If you are solely reliant on very hyper-targeted data, your campaigns are going to be directed at a specific niche and will thereby not scale. Which brings me to number four, and I kind of like it because this is one of my favorites. So use polygons for geofencing the trade areas. So what do I mean by that? Do some research into behavior habits to see where customers or visitors to a store or point of interest originate from. Different types of businesses generally draw customers from different distances. Example, if you're looking for fast food, you might not want to travel that much beyond a city block. But if you're looking for a Michelin star restaurant, then you don't mind traveling 10 to 20 kilometers because of its exclusivity and perceived value. This is critical in your business planning, especially if you have a brick and mortar point of sale. Number five, think about the best moment to send a message. Traditional geofencing would trigger an advertisement when someone entered a prescribed area. However, that may or may not have the desired impact on sale. Sending an email or message when a person is next to a store seldom drives impact. In fact, research shows it has really low engagement. Human beings need to mentally adapt to an idea. So sharing contextual information within a certain radius prior to the time of action may drive far more adoption and engagement since it gives consumers the time to think, weigh the pros and cons, and then decide. Number six, think about movement instead of precise latitude, longitude coordinates. When combined with other data such as time, traffic information, and household, movement data can reveal origin points, speed, and likely destination, which in turn opens up newer opportunities for targeting. For instance, someone driving home every day at 5 p.m. might be receptive to an ad at 4 p.m. for a grocery store along the route. Sequential location data can also signify the opposite of movement, which means dwell time. Someone who spends a long time in a place is likely to be engaged there. For instance, a consumer's dwell time in grocery store could then be compared with time spent in a competitor's store, which then tells you where does he actually pay with his wallet. And that brings me to my final point, number seven. Look beyond the current context. Think about using data for audience segmentation and customer journey mapping. Location data reveals an entirely new view into this journey. Because while customer shopping behavior has not changed that much, the journey that leads them to drive this behavior has changed, and insights from data can help you in segmentation of audiences. For instance, a person going to a football game is likely a fan, and someone actually visiting a competitor's store is likely a very good acquisition target. 
You can use historic location data to segment users on any platform. This means that you don't need to restrict yourself. It's not just about mobile in-app impressions. It's about any kind of stream or ad platform which can use location data to target with the right kind of messaging. Well, so that was it. I hope you enjoyed and found that interesting. Hack Alive is a community-based podcast, and most of the content I talk about here is based on what I personally find interesting in the maker community and as a growth marketer. I've been a product owner, a growth marketer, and a web developer for about 15 years in companies like IBM, SAP, and LinkedIn. My idea is to just share some of what I have learned with those who have a similar growth mindset and in giving back to the community, which has given me so much. So that's it for today. Until next time, this is your host Dave signing off. Have a wonderful week ahead and see you in our next episode.